Blue Shirts fans, hockey fans, and Central fans alike. This is the fucking second time I'm doing this because I fucked up the first time. Welcome back to the Worst Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Breezy, with my co-host, Nick. Nick, say hi. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to an early episode of the Worst Hockey Podcast. Oh, man, it's early for us. We don't it's ever do this early. on this day. We never do this at this fucking time. So let's uh, let's see how it goes today. It's going to be a going to be a little different for sure all nice. right well first of all first and foremost i think that we have to just get this out of the way the king henrik lundquist inducted in the hockey hall of fame i sent you that oh fucking video the other day man uh, fucking immediate waterworks oh man dude <laughs> here's my Did only regret oh absolutely Here's my here's my only fucking regret in life, right? The only thing that if like you know, like you go back in time, you could change anything. Uh-huh. I would have just fucking went back and screamed at every iteration of the Rangers that played in front of Henrik Lundqvist. That man, <laughs> that man for fucking ten, fifteen years, bro, just played his heart out, doing the best that he could, right? And and you saw yeah. at the end. You, here's the thing. It's like it you don't don't ever meet your heroes. It was kind of like that at the end. Where it was like you kind of saw the decline of Henrik Lundqvist, and especially because sure. of his health and stuff, but. There was a solid ten years where he gave everything he had to fucking New York, and sure. fuck me, did it not work out for him? With he just didn't, he never got a Stanley Cup, right? The joke is like, all right, I can't stay at fucking Harry Lundquist's house because I'll be thirsty because there's no cups. Like, no. Fuck, oh, they've been, they've been shit, saying that's they've fucking been, funny. Yeah, they'd be saying <laughs> that shit, bro. And it's like, bro, I. I <sighs> anyway, good for him, bro. It, it, it's well deserved for a guy like Henrik Lundqvist, even now. After I think his popularity is even higher because he's doing like the NHL like network and like TNT stuff. So people, he's a household name for regular or casual hockey fans now. Where you see sure. Henrik Lundqvist like spectating and commentating, and that's the thing, right? Is I say this all the time. It's like if if the if the mic's being given to Henrik, you shut the fuck up and listen because if he's speaking, he knows exactly what the fuck he's talking about. I I'm not a huge fan of Biz, and sometimes he says like a whole bunch of out of pocket shit. Sometimes he's right, sometimes he's wrong. But when yeah. Henrik speaks, when he speaks, he's absolutely like I know exactly what especially when he's talking about goalies, when he's talking about defense, you listen to him because you know that he knows what the fuck he's talking about. Yep, yep, a hundred percent. Um, yeah, so a big big congratulations to the King of New York. Um you know, to be accepted into the the I almost said the rock and roll hall of fame. <laughs> He accepted it. He puts guitar, so maybe one day. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I mean, we'd get him a Spotify deal real quick. But um, to be accepted into the Hockey Hall of Fame, I mean, obviously you have to. I mean, this goes without saying, but you have to be on top of the on top of your of your game. Um, You know, and he he one hundred percent was. And every time that he stepped on the ice, it's a shame that he, you know, kind of didn't have that supporting cast and. You know, especially in, in the Stanley Cup against the Kings, he was kind of left out to dry with a two-on-one featuring Alec Martinez's game-winning goal. Um, Pain. You know, he was kind of left out to dry there. Um, I really felt like that was your, that, that was the Rangers' chance to win it all. Um, upsetting What's, the way that it the upsetting the way yeah. that it ended. It was never, never had another chance to kind of, like, right that wrong, if that makes any sense. But, uh, I mean, regardless, he was still – the top goalie for a long time and you know there's no one there's no one more deserving and to me i loved watching henrik lundquist 
Um, he, he, and I loved watching it, especially in the era of Corey Crawford, because to me, they looked sure. so, they looked so very similar. Um, and especially towards the end when they had like a lot of health problems that ended up, you know, kind of causing like the end of their career kind of abruptly. Like I know Corey Crawford had a lot of concussions and, and lower body injuries and all that, but, um, you know, still regardless, let's not talk about the bad. Let's talk about the fact that yet another New York Ranger is in the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's true. And I'll cover two things real quick so I can end on that same sentiment for Henrik. The first one, unanimous, unanimously across the board, the entire fandom, everyone in New York, nobody blames Henrik for that, right? I no. feel like if if you the, if the roles were reversed and it was here in Vegas, right, they would have tore whoever the fuck the goal was, whether it was Hill or fucking – you know, Bourgeois, anyone, they would have tore into well, him forever. They did the same well, thing they to did Fleury. It to Fleury. Yeah, exactly. they did the same thing to Fleury. They blamed him for everything. If the defense co- completely collapsed in front of him, it was, man, Marc-Andre Fleury is just not on his game. It's like, well, he faced 197 shots in the first period. What the fuck do you want the guy to do? Right? Right, like, yeah. It, it's like not even that, too. It's like, you know, I'm sorry. I know we're getting off topic, and now we're talking about the Golden Knights. But regardless, uh, you know, you, you That's had this whole such... show, brother. It's the whole show. I know. I know. I'm done apologizing for it. Fucking enjoy the ride is all I can say. But facts, facts. You know, you had such a historic year um, as the Golden Knights. You had such a fucking historic year, setting record after record after record. You're basically almost sweeping your way through the whole playoffs, and then you get to the the. To be honest, the series that really matters, and you just complete and utter downfall of the team and, and a lot of it guy. had it's, it's not, not on, on one guy. it's not on flurry as much as you want to say like um you know well it comes down to it comes down to your goalie at the end because he's less part of your defense or, or what happened to the offense what happened to fucking wild bill scoring 60 fucking goals that year uh not showing the fuck up in the stanley cup you know, there's yeah, so many, thanks. so many, so many stupid fucking variables that a lot of these fucking fans forget about. And also, too, it's like the other team is a professional hockey team that made it to the Stanley Cup Finals as well. People forget that, right? It's, <laughs> it's, it's another team that if they lose, they go home without a cup. That's that's motivation to play good, right? Yeah, right. I've seen many Stanley Cups where you're just like, man, this is. I mean, last year, right? It's like, man, throwing the towel, man. Somebody, somebody called his shit, bro. Mm-hmm. It, it don't look good, but well, it, well, that was the Panthers in this past. Yeah, exactly. It's like you see, and you're like, oh man, somebody helped them out. This is so sad, but no, really, honestly, truly, it's it's not his fault. And one thing, and I've been harping on this is a little bit negative, but I've been harping on this for years now, right? New York wants to make you forget. And I will never forget because it was the ultimate disrespect that last year Henrik got traded to the Capitals, never played a game because of heart conditions and having to go to sur- surgery and then ended up retiring. But don't let you forget that even the fucking New York Rangers traded Henrik Lundqvist away. That's why I fucking am so mad at this organization. They do stupid shit. Whether it was fucking Zuccarello, whether it was fucking, you know, any of these guys that you love and they trade them away and you're getting fucking pissed about it. Like Tyler Mott for this, the most recent one, in my opinion, Tyler Mott has been one. I'm like, why can't we keep this guy around? But I will not let New York live that one fucking down. You traded the fucking king, bro. And I don't care if it was his tail end of his, of his fucking career. You traded the king. He never played for the Capitals. So technically, he, you know, he did retire, quote, unquote, as a Ranger. But. 
I'm never, I'm yeah. never gonna let them forget I mean, that shit, bro. I felt the same way when the when the Hawks traded Brent Seabrook. Like I think it was like towards the end of you know the that dynasty regime. Um, they traded Brent Seabrook to Tampa, and he never laced him up once. He was basically a fucking a scratch every game, and then retired. But yeah, I I was just kind of like. Uh, I was kind of irritated about that because I was just like, look, Duncan Keith, I understand. He still wants to play. So send him to Edmonton so he can be close to his family. Sure. I, I, I'll give you that. That's totally, totally fucking fine. But Brent Seabrook, really? Did you really need to unload his contract that bad when he had like one or two years left on it that you couldn't just ride out and just let him sit in the press box? <laughs> like, Crazy, bro. Like, what are we doing here? But congratulations to Henrik, the king yeah. of New York. We, uh, I, like I said, it's there's going to be like defining moments in hockey. You know, like generations change. My earliest memories are always going to be of cheering Henrik Lundqvist on, and then I go back and you watch those like those highlights, and you watch some of the stuff that he did, and you see all those other Rangers on, that were on the team. Like I think that it's important to say like this iteration of the Rangers today, where we are. You're going to remember a lot of names on the Rangers. You're going to remember mm-hmm. a lot of names. You're going to remember Mika. You're going to remember Panarin. You're going to remember a lot of the kids' line. You're going to remember a lot of the the defensemen, Jacob Truba. It's you're funny remember to remember Alec Martinez. Exactly, and it's fun funny to say because I remember some of those names, but it's like you go back and watch a lot of those highlights from the ten years that he was fucking, you know, a dominant goalie, and you're like, who the fuck is that? Or oh shit, I forgot he was on the Rangers. Like, oh fuck, I forgot that guy was on the Rangers. I think that it's important to say that because he's going to be that defining early memory for me of being a New York fan of like, that was my first goalie. And it's a pretty damn good first goalie to remember, right? Henrik Lundqvist. Oh, but, for sure. It's a beautiful era. A lot of kids growing up, like don't understand like the fact that they got to watch a hall of famer as like their first, their introduction to a fandom, you know, yeah, it's like, it's exactly. like one of those, it's, it's just so fucking cool. It is, and and Rangers have been spoiled with goalies for a long time in their in their franchise career. So happy that I got to w- witness a lot of that. I'm glad that I got to see it go down. And like I said, he's just a stand up guy. You hear him talk, and you hear how like articulate he is with his words, and how much yeah. he cares about the game of hockey. He just loves and to it be there. Yep, yeah, it just makes you feel good, right? He's like a golden retriever. He's just happy to be there. <laughs> Literally, bro. <laughs> and something that's not so happy. I mean, we got to talk about this update for this murder charge. We got to. I don't even want to say, dude. But I'm... yeah. Okay. You want to start? Or you want me to start? Go for it. Okay. I don't understand, and I keep falling down these fucking Twitter rabbit holes, right? Where it's like, oh, dude, Matt Petgrave needs to be thrown in jail. Buried under the jail, whatever, you know, whatever bullshit uh, for murdering Adam Johnson. It, I believe that there was intent to injure with his hit, with Petgrave's hit on Johnson. I do believe that. Uh, Petgrave, sure. he was kind of, no, he was notorious for it. He's had a lot of disciplinary actions in the past because of, um, you know, intent to injure and shit like that. I do believe that his hit, his hit was intent to injure. In no way, shape, or form, I don't give a fuck what you say. Unless there is a legitimate confession from him, there is absolutely zero shot that this was intent to murder. 
that he was trying to absolutely fucking murder. Do you understand that he would have to be like a, a trained assassin in order to perfectly yeah. slice Adam's throat in the perfect way while going 20 miles an hour in the perfect accuracy to make sure that it cuts deep enough to make sure he bleeds out. Do you understand? Do you think how fucking ridiculous is that? That like what, two, three weeks later, he's getting picked up on a murder charge. Here, here's where, here's where I stand with this, right? This whole issue has become like a, you know, it's a hot button issue now, not like, it happened and now it became like a Israel Palestine or a Republican Democrat thing, right? Where it's like whatever side you land on, you're wrong and people are getting mm-hmm. fucking mad. And look, someone lost their life. That's no fucking joke. We're not downplaying that. I'm not downplaying that. You're not downplaying that. This podcast is not downplaying that. It right. happened. It's sad. And honestly, it it's it's one of the worst things that could ever happen to the sport. Not just because the obvious where somebody lost their life, but now look, moving forward, smaller leagues or khls other leagues are going to be like this is going to be a mandatory thing now because of what we've seen i believe it should be i believe it should be mandatory regardless of the division you play in i think it should be mandatory regardless you make you make kids play with fucking face shields on but then as soon as they get to a certain age as soon as they get to a certain like bracket or age or whatever it's like okay you guys don't have to play with it anymore like either regulate it all the way up or don't it's it's gonna be like one of the glass like visor things where it's like that's what I was talking about. Yeah, your grand your grandfathered in. And you don't have to worry if you don't want to, but everybody knew coming into the league's gonna have to. It's probably gonna be the same thing with the neck protection. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I think honestly, I was having this conversation with my dad. The face shield thing is probably gonna end up being mandatory one day too. The only thing that makes that bad is you know for for, for fighting. I guess now you're gonna have to drop your gloves and your helmet. But well, they're trying to outlaw fighting anyway, so. Exactly. I think by the time that the face shields come in, fighting would have been outlawed. True. But again, this case has been, I don't want to say blown out of proportion, but here's the thing. There's two There's two sides to the argument, right? There's, there's the side that I think that you and I both fall on, which is he might be have been a scumbag in his career and done things that are a little dirty, but we, we both can agree that we don't think he was trying to kill anyone on the ice. No. Now, you can watch the video or whatever, which unfortunately I haven't because I don't want to. But hmm. so I guess it's not Consider so unfortunately. Lucky. Yeah, because I didn't. I just didn't want to see that. But from what I heard, is he he kicks his leg back. I think it was to slow the player down. But you know, it ha- ended up happening, and obviously the worst absolutely happened. And then the other side of the ar- argument or conversation would be right. It's intent versus execution. If you board somebody on accident and you still board them. It's a board, right? But this it's is go- it goes a little bit deeper than that because this is this is someone's life, right? No one's ever out there trying to end someone's life. So again, there are more qualified people to talk about it, but us, I just think at this point the humanity has been taken out of it and now it's become one of those hot button bandwagon issues where instead of having mm-hmm. a conversation like adults, like people, like we all are, mm-hmm. it's becoming a side versus side thing. And that's the last thing that hockey is, period. It's not about Dude, that's sides. the last thing that that family fucking wants, and and no Agreed. one is ever taking no one's taking the family into consideration because they they all they want to do is heal. It's been what two three weeks since Adam's passing, and, and and all the family wants is to just is try to move on and try to start the coping mechanisms. Um, but 
<clears throat> excuse me. Um, and now it's just become a, um, like, uh, is it murder? Is it not murder? Dude, it's not fucking murder. It was intent to injure. It was never intent to kill. I don't. I don't care how you want to phrase it or anything. He was trying to hurt Adam Johnson. He was never trying to kill Adam Johnson. That was never. That was. This was never supposed to be a murder charge. This was just supposed to be like a, you know, oh, you're out for a couple of weeks because I, you know, fucking speared you in the chest. <laughs> now you have a couple broken ribs. You're out for a couple of weeks. Ha ha. Gotcha. You know, every team's got that fucking goon. No team has a fucking murder. I don't care what anyone fucking says, man. Exactly. Matt Petgrave did not murder. Like I said, you have to be... He would have to have been just a trained fucking assassin in order to pre- precisely put his fucking blade to the correct part of his neck to where he's gonna fucking bleed out going like 20, 15 to 20 miles an hour. Like he had to be. It was. It was a freak accident. Like, and I don't care what anyone fucking says. It wasn't. An, it wasn't a, a hit gone wrong. Like I said, it was intent to injure. It was never intent to murder. It was a freak fucking accident. And it was probably the last thing that Petgrave wanted. Obviously, you never step on the ice with the hopes to fucking murder somebody. But and- I mean, you're you're 100 right. There are a hell of a lot more people who are way more qualified than us to to talk about it. But. I, I just to, to, for him to get picked up on a murder charge is 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 absurd. Is fucking I, absurd. I had this conversation with my dad too about this. It was like he's like, well, if X and X happens and someone kills someone, manslaughter, car, whatever it is, it's like you know they it's like okay, it's still manslaughter and that person can be charged for it, right? My whole thing is like, yeah, but usually in a court of law. I, that person is just admitting that they did it, right? And then they're like, All right, well, you're going to be charged for it. But there's never any video because if it's an accident, if it was deemed as an accident, like my dad was saying, well, if I was cleaning my gun, as an example, I was cleaning my gun in my house and you came over to my house and I accidentally shot you, right? I still, mm-hmm. you still, I was, there was still a manslaughter charge, right? And I was like, yeah, but if they had a video of your fucking living room and you were cleaning your gun and you set it down on the counter and you walked away or you tripped and it went off and they saw that video, right? They would see that it was an accident. I think this, they would be like, Oh, okay. Well it was literally an accident, right? Before it was just you admitting that you killed somebody. Now it's okay. It's an accident. I know this is way off topic, but I'm saying is when you know that it's an accident, right? We can argue whether or not he was trying to do something. But I, I, I just can't get behind the argument that people don't agree that he did not try to fucking kill him. Because who mm-hmm. the fuck would do that, right? Who the fuck would do that? Right. I don't know. I mean... It, I don't know. The only flaw that I see in your dad's argument, and, and, and I, honestly, I can't wait to talk to him about this. Uh, I fucking love your dad. He's such a rad dude. Um, yeah. I- the... It, the The only flaw that I see into that argument is that you know, okay, let's bring up the car thing, right? Say you you lose control, your brakes lock up, whatever, you hit someone, they die. Yeah, okay, manslaughter charge, right? You do kind of sign up for any sort of bad thing that happens when you're driving your car, but how few and far between is it actually, right? When you step on the ice, it is a physical, physical game. It is. How many hits do you see in a game? How many fights do you see in a game? How many, you know, how many times have you seen a puck come up and crack someone in the face and they got to pick up their fucking teeth? Right. All the time. Exactly. So my thing is, 
you can't really use that argument because it's not really a for sure thing that as soon as you get in your car that you're going to get into a car accident as soon as you step on that ice you're going to take a hit you're going to take a hit you're going to give a hit it doesn't matter who you are it yeah. fucking happened to, to connor bedard um against uh florida and that's it, a it, that's a good point actually i mean like whatever the whole point of having to get your driver's test or your learner's permit and then getting your license is because knowing that when you step behind the wheel right anything could happen right it mm-hmm. could happen and that's why you have to go through all these hoops and and, and laws and get everything right mm-hmm. stepping on the ice guaranteed you know it's going to be physical now mm-hmm. should your life be at risk no obviously not I, and again that's another conversation in itself about the protection and how we do this moving forward. But what I'm saying and what you're saying, which I totally agree with, is you know it's going to happen when you get on the ice. It's physical. Now, I'm not saying that he should be worried for his life. But li- literally, the fact that this hasn't happened sooner, thank God. But the fact that this hasn't happened sooner, honestly, if you think about it, it's kind of baffling to me. Because this is the yeah. this, that's what they're going through every single day. This is what dangers they go through on in this professional sport. That's another reason why I think this is the best sport in the world because it's so physically demanding, it's so dangerous, and the skill cap is so fucking high. And True. again, I think that's another reason why we're we me and you are fans of this because we realize what it would take to compete in these leagues. Right? It could not be me. Yes, <laughs> there is no chance I could ever lace him up and step on the ice. But God damn it, I'm going to have opinions about it. Exactly. And so, I mean, I'm, we're just, we're just going to leave this off as it's a fucking tragedy. And we hope the family finds peace and heals in this in this horrible, horrible, horrible time. Again, I think that all the fucking armchair lawyers and armchair fucking detectives need to fucking cool it the fuck down and let what needs to happen happen. Because literally, they're just making the situation worse. And all 100%. we need right now is closure for the family because that's what's most important. What's done is done. We can't be changed, right? But what the family needs is what's most important in my personal opinion. A hundred percent. And, and I'm going to say it, I'm going to say this and then I'm done talking about it, but picking up pet grave on a murder charge was a two steps forward, one step back situation where the family was just starting to grieve. And now they have to relive it because now everyone, you open up Twitter. And if you have any sort of hockey algorithm on Twitter, the first thing you're seeing is that hit again. And yeah. Anytime that family opens up social media, it doesn't matter who, but anytime that they open up social media, they are having to see their loved one get their throat slit open again. Or every time it's, they search his name or every time it's brought up in conversation, right? You're kind of tarnishing his legacy. In my opinion. 100%. 100% because he'll he's he's you know, real hockey fans are going to understand that, you know, he was he was Adam Johnson, he was an ex Penguins, he played for the Ontario Reign, he played with Quinton Byfield, you know, so shit like that. But any casual is going to sit there and be like, oh, yeah, Adam Johnson, he died on the ice. He got his throat slit open. It's like that's not the that's not the point. Yeah. You celebrate his life. Celebrate his life, not celebrate, not talk about the tragedy. Celebrate what he did. And that's that's, when that happened, like when the whole um, when his death happened, the one thing that I love the most not saying that I was, you know, I, I loved his death or anything. Please don't take that shit out of context. But the one thing that I enjoyed through that day was people were were saying like, you know, look, the, the, the video of his death is circling. But how about we make the video of his first NHL goal go viral? 
Yeah, I saw and that. That was cool, man. It, it, that was the cool. That was the coolest fucking. That was the coolest retort to an otherwise damaged society. Yeah, for sure, bro. And I'm gonna leave it at that because that Agreed. was a lot of big words that I just used, and now my yep. brain hurts. Yep, articulated well. Sound like Thank Henry you. Lindquist with the way you speak. Yeah. Like you know what you're talking about. I can be smart at times, not all the time, but at times. It's hard for us to anyway. believe, but we've seen it anyway. <laughs> Let's talk about, let's talk about we have that central division breakdown it's going to be the next step of our four part series but before we get into that uh we have to talk about the absolute breakdown that is the Oilers franchise. So Oh my fucking lord. Yeah, please would love to would love to talk about this. So out of nowhere they fire Jay Woody. It just just it just comes out of fucking nowhere and at more of a shock than that, right? I mean because if you told me they were going to fire Woodcroft I would have been like, okay, you know, I guess, right? I, I guess. But if they told me they were going to hire Chris Knobloch from basically an AHL coach to come over, I would have been surprised, but not super. Here And here's the reason why. So the off season before we had landed on our coach now, Peter LaViolette, there was a lot of different coaches. They were saying shit like, hey, let's get Messier to fucking coach. And I'm like, that would be cool for like what he says and for the respect factor. But I don't think the dude can coach, right? I mean, he's right. a legend he is. A coach he ain't. So, so but, You said the same thing when they were talking about who was going to coach the Blackhawks. And then Eddie, o, Eddie Olchek was like in the running. And I was like, I don't agree with this. Yeah, they I were saying the same thing. Just because it's it, this feels like a... Um, Fan service. Yeah, it's fan yeah. service. It's not even yeah. like a good decision for your franchise. They said the same thing about Henrik Lundqvist. They're like, hey, he should – Henrik Lundqvist could be the next coach. And I'm like, dude, his life the way it is right now after all the shit he's done for all those years and not putting his family first and the position he has as like an MSG ambassador, like a position. And then, you know, everybody knew he was going to be Hall of Famer eventually, right? So, like mm – -hmm. He doesn't need to be the coach of the Rangers because think about this, right? The only thing that he could do is either win a cup in his first year and be go down as the legendary, the king, definitive goalie and coach, or he'll tarnish his legacy. Is the risk reward factor is not there? There's 32 fucking teams. No one can mm -hmm. say who's going to win the Stanley Cup, and I think that all it would do would make the, that stain on his career. And like I said, I don't think he's even going to bother with that. So. My point is, during the offseason, Chris Knobloch was in the running. I guess he interviewed for the position as head coach of the Rangers. It didn't happen, which is okay. I heard a lot of other New York Rangers like outlets and podcasts talking about that, saying that, oh, that would be really cool because blah, blah, blah. And you know, he's the way, what he's doing over here would be cool. Now, from my perspective and from what I know, Hartford right now has, is doing the best that they've done in many seasons. I don't know if when they when they've ever done better. They're following in the reins of what the Rangers are doing right now. Again, I was talking to my dad about this yesterday. This is the best start the Rangers have done in my lifetime. In my lifetime of playing hockey, the, the Rangers have done the best. And Hartford is slowly following in that in those footsteps. Now, let's get to the other flip side of it. The strategies and procedures in the AHL are so much different than the NHL. If you don't watch AHL games, you won't understand what I'm saying. But mm -hmm. AHL games, there's like the tape to tape passes, like stick to stick, aren't as clean. The checks aren't as hard. The plays aren't usually as aggressive. The you know the setups for power plays aren't as dominant. Like mm -hmm. there are a lot of different things. So going from <clears throat> AHL to NHL, 
is going to be in transition. Also, Hartford is fucking stacked right now. They have a lot of great players that the Rangers call up all the time. So, of course, I would think that when you're going against other AHL caliber teams, which AHL is a professional league, but the NHL is a different beast. When you have yeah. players that play in the NHL so often and then they float back to Hartford, take all the good stuff they learned from the NHL and bring it back to, like, take it from the Rangers and bring it back to Hartford Wolfpack, obviously the team's going to do well, right? And there's a lot of prospects in Hartford that have come up and have made the lineup and made the team better. So I don't think that his coaching, and I don't mean to sound like an asshole, I don't think that, I, like, you can say the same thing for Pierre Laviolette, right? It's like, oh, you're only winning because you have fucking Artemi Panarin. Yeah, but yeah. last season it wasn't. He wasn't tooled properly. He wasn't giving you know encouragement, and he wasn't given the room to do what Artemi Panarin does in the AHL. It's more about let me just fix the lines, right? And then let me let, let me tell you guys when to pull the goalie. Realistically, and I don't want him to seem like it's that easy of a job, but you don't really handle the stuff on the ice like other than that. Like Peter Laviolette is doing what all coaches should do when a good period happens. Okay, cool. Let's double down on that. Let's double shift Artemi Panarin tonight because he's on fucking fire. Or when yeah. something's not working, okay, you got to move down from the third line. I got to get someone more defensive on this line. Or I got to get somebody quicker on this line to keep up with you. Just like the Connor Bedard thing that we always talk about. Like Once the speed catches up to Connor Bedard, the team will be a different beast. That's what yeah. Peter Laviolette is doing right now. He's trying to make sure that all lines gel with each other. And I don't think that Knobloch has the experience of that. Now, you're coming into an organization that has arguably two of the best hockey players in the entire league right now. But because of the downfall of their team, uh, I think they just said, let's fuck it. We can't do any worse than when we had Jay. Let's just see what Knobloch can do. And I'm sure they're paying him a hell of a lot less because he's coming from an AHL. So well, that's typically what happens whenever you have an AHL coach come in and take over for an NHL coach. I mean, the the Hawks went through it when they fired Coach Q and brought up Jeremy Colleton. Um, he was an, he was I, I want to say he was the assistant coach or maybe the head coach for um, for Rockford, and they were like, "Look, you know, obviously we're not contending. We're still rebuilding. Whatever, you know. Here's your you know here's your chance to kind of prove yourself, right?" And, and it ended up not working. He was the coach for a full calendar year, and then they they brought in Derek King. But you know, it's kind of like one of those things where that he's really going to have to get the respect of the team, and it's going to be hard to do when you have a pissed off Leon Drysidle and a pissed off Connor McDavid. And sure. you almost said Bedard. I shut up. No, I didn't. You don't know. <laughs> You don't Wake know me. Up in the morning, I got Connor on my mind. That's you, bro. <laughs> I always got Connor on my mind, bro. He's the Lord and Savior of the Chicago Blackhawks. Join the fucking club, um, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you always have Connor Bedard on your mind because I bombard you with Connor Bedard shit. <laughs> also, look, I know this is a very my dad centered episode because look, he's he's my liaison. My dad's been watching hockey longer than I've been alive. Right? He's yeah. the guy. I go and look. Here's one thing I'll say: the old heads don't understand the new hockey. But because I'm so into hockey, I think my dad has a fresh perspective. And then I have the old perspective of him. We gel really well. It's like me and you, right? We gel really well together because our opinions can see the other side. I think like when you go on Facebook and you see like these Ranger groups, they're so bitter and pissed off because they don't have a son okay. who's explaining the next level of hockey. Hold on. First of all, I am I am fully convinced that the comments on Facebook um, fan groups – 
are just there for bait because there is absolutely no chance. Okay, listen, I am I am a part of a Cubs, Bears, and Blackhawks Facebook groups, uh, fan groups. And I swear to God, every single comment, every single post, everything is is like the same thing, is the same template. Just plug in different names. I am there is no chance that those are actually fucking real groups. Because I those make, are some yeah. of the most idiotic fucking stupid people I have ever seen in my entire fucking 26 years of being on this planet. The most closed-minded, just ignorant motherfuckers I have ever Horrible. seen that call themselves fans. Dude, I make the joke all the time and that these fucking rants. Holy shit. Yeah, I make the joke all the time that this Rangers group is not a Rangers group. It's Jersey fans pretending to be Rangers fans just to piss everybody off. Because you'll right. see shit you'll see shit like a, I've been watching the Rangers for forty five fucking years and this is the worst iteration. I'm like, the fucking the the ten game point streak that we went on and nine oh and one is the worst iteration of the Rangers that you've ever seen. Are you fucking joking? The fact that we haven't got a loss in 10 games is the worst iteration of the Rangers. Anyway, mm-hmm. so off topic, but I said, because I'm so young and I see things from a, like I now back in the day, it was more like my team, my team only. And now with social media and everything, like we're watching every league, we're watching every mm-hmm. player and we can see it all. Like my dad comes to me with a lot of stuff and asks me questions when before it was the opposite. Right. So now we can talk about these things, but I will say this is a long-winded answer to get to that. I know we talked about my dad a lot, but my dad was a Bedard hater. Low-key, you could tell. No, I believe it because him and I, before the start of the season, we had that conversation, and he was just like, I don't know if he's going to play out. Rookies ever, rookies rarely ever play out. and blah, blah. Like, you remember, I was sitting there holding your fucking son, and we were having a loud conversation and, yeah, while and that, sleeping on my chest. And that, <laughs> and that, that is the old head mentality to think that way, right? But mm-hmm. I, for, I forget what game it was. We were watching whatever, and it was like um, uh, Rangers do the MSG 150, right? They call it the fastest 150 seconds in the ho- in the National Hockey League. They just go through other games during yeah, the first I've intermission. Yeah. So it's cool. You see other games. Well, Connor does one of those fucking toe drag, pull the puck close, but fire it wide, top shelf. Fucking and then, piss missile of a shot. Yeah, yeah, piss missile, bro. And then he did that, and my dad was sitting by the table watching the TV, and I looked over at my dad and said, Dad, come on. And he just had this stanky face like, okay. That was a good, like, fucking Al Pacino. Like, that, okay. <laughs> yep, I know exactly. That was a pretty good fucking goal, let me tell you. Like, that was, he was like, okay, that's a, that's a pretty good goal. Pretty good goal. <laughs> Is that right? Is that right? <laughs> Anyway, very, very off topic, but that's fucking funny. getting back to this oily situation, dad, getting back to this oily situation again, I think that Knobloch's going to have a season to figure it out. And then one more season after that to do what needs to be done before they would really break down and go for another goalie. I, I don't think this season's a wash. Goalie or coach? Goalie. Coach. 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 Fuck you up. I could have. Yeah, you could have destroyed you me. You could have destroyed me in front of all these people. I appreciate that you didn't. But. I think that he's going to have a, a grace period season because he's transitioning. Like you know, it's sure. not even halfway through; it's still like the beginning of the season. But he'll have a grace we'll period get like season. Like a year and a half. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like he'll he'll you know he'll finish out this year because it's kind of like uh you know no coach is really going to be available for you know like this early in the year. No one's really dumping their head coach yet. Um, he'll probably this, get, yeah. This well, goes back to what I was like saying about. Uh, sorry, the Oilers. This goes back to what I was saying about the fucking Oilers. I said this last year when they were in the playoffs, right? You cannot sustain 
You cannot build a team around two stars and think that you can go the fucking distance. Right now, you're mm-hmm. seeing it in New Jersey, right? No Jack Hughes means the Devils are a shell of what the fuck that they were. You yep. can you cannot sustainably build a team around two players and think that that is enough, right? Chicago's rebuilding right. a team around Connor Bedard, but in my opinion, what they're doing is trying to make the rest of their lines live up to what he's going to do to carry on into the future. Is he going to be the leader and spearhead that? Of course he is, right? Because he's that good. But the Oilers have been and have always been Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl, that's it. That's all we that's have. It. We're going to shoot. We're going to score. And it's like it's like Toronto, right? For so and this for so long, right? The lack of defense that they've had has been never talked about because the output on offense has been so fucking high. So we never talk about how bad they are on defense. We never talk about the breakdown of how they can blow leads, but they can score seven goals a game. So it's okay. It kind of it counteracts. Well, when you reach a team that can counter that has a good defense or exposes your defense, then they end up losing. It's the reason why they never made it out of the first round until last year, right? Because the yep. structure of what they do is just not there. The Oilers are following in the same footstep, right? San Jose is a team that's just not good, okay? The Oilers is a team that's not good that has two of the best players in the league on it. What's worse? San, What's San, worse? San, San Jose, there's, there's nothing – there was no expectation for San Jose. You know, obviously every team comes in with the hopes to win a Stanley Cup, right? But there's no no expectation for the San Jose Sharks. Like, whatever. You you might be tanking for – who's like that? Celebrini or whatever his name is? Yeah, um, yeah. Like, you, 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 that, that's your goal, right? You want to draft high, and then we'll start retooling, you know? But exactly what you said, you, you have probably two of the best players in the NHL in this decade – Maybe last decade, you have two of the, the best players that are sitting on your team right now that are that are visibly, visibly, really fucking pissed off, and and just I, there's I don't even know what else that you could do. You know what? Let's put it this way: give it till you know uh, the, the, they're not the expectation to win the Stanley Cup is kind of out, out, out the window with this with firing Woody, bringing in Nobby. And the the expectation to to actually do something this year, you're going to have to go on a very dangerous run in order for that to happen. And and I just don't see that happening right now. Um, give it till the end of next year, maybe halfway through next year, and, and we'll see where Woody sits, right? Or not Woody. Uh, we'll see where Knobloch sits, right? And I just I I don't know what else that they could fucking do this year. It's not going to be. I don't know. I don't let know me, what else to say, to be honest let with me, you. Let me put let me put it this way, right? What I want to Chicago... save this for the for, for the Pacific aspect of uh the breakdown. For sure. I agree. But I'll I'll leave it at this, right? Um you can see what Chicago's doing. They're doing it right. Okay, the the expectations yeah. are low. The expectations are low. They're gonna build around one guy, but they're going to build around one guy. If you ask any player in the league, Sidney Crosby, Jacob Truba, anyone that's good, ask anyone in this league who's good. Who the best player is? They're going to say Connor Bedard. You ha- or Connor Bedard? Connor McDavid. <laughs> Connor McGee. I did it too. I did it too. Who's got Who's got Bedard on the brain now, bitch? Yeah, me all the time. Connor McDavid. Connor McJesus, if you will. You have a moral sure. obligation to give him the fucking tools to just do what he does, right? And I don't think that's being done right now. That's just all I have to say about it. No, and I really feel like you're going to see a, like a massive retool. 
at the end of this year, maybe at the deadline, um, you're going to see a big retool to try because what they're 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 just not building around Drysaddle and McDavid. They're they're like, you know what, these two, this will do, this will do it. We're good yeah. here. They're, they're, and it's they're, it's obviously it's fucking not your second to last in your division. You 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 went on what a four game skid where you were getting blown the fuck out for two of those games. It's it's obviously whatever you you think is working is not working. You need to figure it out. And I really feel like firing Woodcroft was not the way to do it. You you needed to you need to fire your fucking GM because obviously he's he's not. it's just not working it's not you're not doing anything to help the situation of having like i said two of the best players in the nhl on the same team on the same line obviously it's not fucking working and there's a lot of coaches right there's a lot of coaches that go into this not just a head coach right there's an assistant there's a offensive defensive there's a skills coach there's a a goalie coach there's an athletic trainer like there's a lot that goes into it I attribute it to just like this, right? You're building a house. Uh, Chicago's building a house. The foundation, the concrete's poured with Bedard. They're taking their time to get the permits and build the house right. In Edmonton, sure. they have they have poured the concrete slab with the two best players in the NHL, and they're putting up the rest of the walls with fucking paper mache. How do you <laughs> expect? How do you expect them to succeed when you're not giving them the tools? That's all I gotta say. And we'll we'll talk about the Oilers and when the, we get to their division, but. It's just, it's not going to be, it's not going to end well for them by thinking that a head coach is going to change. Don't get me wrong. A head coach is doing wonders for us, but we had the tools in place in New York. We had the depth. Right. And I agree with you when you're talking about how there's, you know, there's a million and a half other coaches that could possibly be to blame for this. But at the end of the day, the GM is 100% to blame because he's not doing anything to bolster any sort of lineup to help Connor McDard. Fuck. Help Connor McDavid. Ah, you bitch. Yeah, I'm a Blackhawks fan. I should not only have fucking Connor Bedard on my brain. Hey, but, this year we're all Blackhawks fans, buddy. It's not an excuse. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but you're not doing anything to to help again your two best players. You're not doing anything. You think that firing the head coach, you're using the head coach firing as a scapegoat as to why you're shit at your fucking job. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And I could have a GM talk, but I'm not going to get into that right now. But what I will get I could into, talk for an hour on on what is wrong with the fucking Oilers. Yeah. What I will get into, though, is the second part to our four-part series, which is the division breakdown. And we will start this week with the Central. And I think that you may have a little bit of knowledge about the Central. And we can start with Nashville. Maybe a little bit. All right, let me pull it up real quick. Give me one second. I should have it ready, but I don't. You don't. You don't. Boo, I don't. Boo, 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 stalling, boo, stalling, stalling. You think? All right. That you I'm think I'm stalling? Stalling. Me. You think I'm stalling? <laughs> Hit me you with the think I am stalling. <laughs> All right, so to break this down, so we're going to start off, we're going to go, um, you know, obviously worst to best. Um, for the love of God, we're not starting with Chicago. I don't care what anyone says. Fuck you guys, because we're not the worst. We're tied for worst. Um, go. <laughs> uh, so we have, to start off, we have Nashville. Um, right now they're sitting at 5 and 10, no overtime losses, sitting at 10 points, bottom bottom of the central as of right now uh, with playing uh, 15 games. So. I don't know what really to say 
about that. You're you have you're, you you kind of have a rough a rough team to say the least, and and a lot of this has to do with I'm I'm gonna say the same thing that I said about the Devils last week, or not the Devils, the Islanders last week. You have a roster that kind of looks the exact same as the years that you ran it back. Or, I'm sorry, not ran it back, but the years in past. You know, this past two seasons, with the exception of this one, you have the past two seasons that you 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 had 94, 95 points, which is enough to get you into the playoffs. Um, I will say unbiasedly, biasedly, that the Central is probably one of the tougher divisions in the league. Um, specifically because you have teams like Colorado, you have teams like Minnesota, um, that, and, and, and honestly, it's kind of now Dallas as well, um, that they're constantly trying to get better, constantly trying to revamp their lineup. Um, I those just teams don't have see star that. power too. Those teams have they, some star they, power. And I agree with you, the central, central is the second toughest division in my, obviously I'm biased. I'm going to think the Metro is the toughest. But I think generationally, for a long time, the Metro teams are almost like historic teams. When you think about hockey, you mm-hmm. can see one of those logos, and that's why I think it's the people want to play for one of those teams. And I just think the Central, fuck the past, because again, I don't follow it that closely. I'm talking about current day. The Central has some players that if they were tooled in the right way, if the run was going good, if everything went well, it would be it would not be surprising to see one of these teams make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. And that's why I think the Central is a hard team, because you can see it happening, right? It's not like a fluke yeah. if it happened. Well, you watched it happen a couple of years back with uh, with Colorado, you know, finally making it all and, win- and, and making it to the Stanley Cup and winning it all. Um, you know, but, but that brings me, I'll talk about Colorado when I get to them, but, you know, that's a team that is continuously getting better and doing whatever they can to get better. The problem with Nashville is that they rely so much on like the veteran aspect of it that they forget to bolster with the young aspect of it. And now I'm looking at their roster right now and and they have a handful of young guys, but there's really they they didn't do anything in the off season to to really cement it, right? Like with this 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 team has the makings and has the the bare bones to be just an absolute gnarly team. And, and, and we saw it in, was it 2015? I think when they, when they actually went to the Stanley cup finals, when they got, when they lost to Pittsburgh. Um, but, but it just feels like they just ran it back with the same team. I mean, your, your defensive core is the, almost the same defensive core that you've had for, for 10 fucking years. I mean, I'm sorry, but Roman Yossi, you got to cut that contract. Ryan McDonough, you got to cut that contract. And it's just, it's one of the, uh, how do you go? Let me ask you this. You have a star goalie like Pekka Rene, right? Who just absolutely fucking dominated year in, year out, was your back end every year. Then you have a guy like UC Saros come in and who's not as dominating, but can't, but has that potential to be as dominated. What's the word I'm looking for? Has the he has the potential to be as dominant as Pekka Rene, but you go with, with a guy like Kevin Lankinen as your as your number one, and while UCS sits on the bench, how that that would honestly yeah, 
I'm going to bring this back to the Metro for a second, but that would be like having, you know, Henrik Lundqvist retires. Now you have Igor Shosturkin and Georgiev, right? Yep. And now you have one year where you played Shosturkin, one year where you played Georgiev, and Shosturkin was miles ahead of Georgiev. But you're just like, we're going to run it with Georgiev. Like, do you think, yeah. how do you think that that's going to work? Like, honestly, you have a dominant goalie and you see Saros. I'm sorry, but Kevin Lank, Lank was on the Hawks. I watched Lank play every fucking night. He was not, he's not a number one by any means. Um, the last thing that Listen, I'm going to say on Nashville, yes. and I'm going to kick it over to you. I'm sorry, real quick. Nope, the last thing that I'm going to say, say about Nashville before I kick it over to you, they have the possibility and they have the money to be a dominant force and to, to give the Central an actual ride for their money, but they just won't. Over to you, Cotton. All right, thank you. Um, I'll say this too. Um, it, it goes back to a fundamental problem that I have in this league where it's that veteranship outweighs skill or ceiling. I would say. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I understand the goalie situation because it's like, well, that's a veteran goalie and we know, so let's just keep running it back. It's not always a strategy that's going to work. In this instance, it shows that it doesn't work. But for Nashville, it's the same for every other league except for literally the Pacific, right? The bottom barrel of the Metro, of the Central, of the Atlantic, it's like they may be at the bottom, right? But it's because someone has to be, Okay. Um, I don't necessarily think that Nashville or even Columbus or Ottawa, they're not great, right? But inherently, it's just you're going against teams that just are better or caught their stride. Any team in this league, except for I think San Jose, could catch that stride and go on a crazy streak and, and decide. They're all professionals, right? So what I'll say for Nashville is that it's it's just not clicking right now. And um, could there be major retooling? Sure. But any team in this league at the bottom has the potential to make the playoffs if they want to. Florida was a prime example of that. So um, mm-hmm. I think I think you pretty much hit everything on the head with Nashville. There's not much else to say. Again, uh, could it help to have a couple prolific star players that just turn it on and go crazy? Sure. But sure. I think fundamentally there are other problems that need to work out before they even assume that that's the answer. And I agree. After that, I'm going to roll into Chicago because they are the next team. And now you're going to have a hell of a lot more to say than I do. Um, my, my I don't know base- if I will, if I'm being totally honest, real quick, before you kick it off. I don't know if I'm going to have a lot to say about Chicago. We talk about them every week. I air my grievances on it. Everyone knows what they need. Everyone knows what they're doing. It's going to be, honestly, it's going to be a quick, quick discussion about Chicago. Yeah, I think but- so too, right? And to like, again, to not beat a dead horse, okay? You have the most prolific rookie in recent years to be drafted and now is in a Hawks sweater. Okay. Connor Bedard is that good. He's showing it. He may honestly, theoretically, he may be even better than what we expected him to start as personally. He he might even be better than what we assumed he would do in his first season. I don't know, but he is not a bust. That's for fucking sure. And this kid is fucking sure. This kid is showing that if you give him time, he's going to get better. So, again, he is a generational talent. It's going to take time. And I've said this a million fucking times. I probably already said this today. I'm damn sure that I did. But when the rest of the team catches up to him, when they catch up to his speed. Because, look, Connor Bedard is one of those cherry-picking motherfuckers, right? When, we mm-hmm. gain, when you guys gain control of the puck in the defensive zone, 
That motherfucker's already making his way to the blue line, right? Nine times out of ten, he's already fucking there. You get him the puck, he can be gone. And even if they, the guy doesn't score, he's got the Artemi Panarin or Jack Eichel effect where he's going to get in there. It's he's going to draw, he's gonna draw the aggro. Exactly. He's going to draw all that aggro. He's going to put somebody open in front of the paint, and he's going to create a high-danger chance. And eventually, you're going to overstack whatever line Connor Bedard is on. And when you guys figure out your team – if they do that, they put their first line against Connor Bedard, or they put most of their guys against Connor Bedard. That's going to leave the rest of his team and hopefully other lines to come out and say, "All right, cool. If we're playing Pittsburgh, I don't have to worry about Malkin, Latang, and Crosby because they're going to do everything they can to stop Connor Bedard." Because that's what Pittsburgh does a lot. They'll put their best line against you know Mika Zibanejad, Kreider line because they want to counter that. Well, if Connor can take that heat, even on nights he's not scoring, his role is going to be you're so good that you're going to take all their good players out of the rush. They're going to take them onto your line. They're going to have to play your game, and you automatically win the mental game because they're not playing Pittsburgh's game. They're playing the counter Bedard game, and all of a sudden that opens up a lot of opportunity for you to do what you need to do, not just on the line that Connor's on, but on other lines, right? You have other players in your top six on your second line. When that gets to a point where everybody's gelling, Connor Bedard's going to be taking a lot of aggro. He's either going to be scoring, he's either going to be assisting, or he's mm-hmm. going to be making sure that the good players are focused on him and not on the rest of your team. And that is very valuable to have while you guys rebuild and become the Blackhawks that we're going to see in the future. I agree. Honestly, everything that you said, I, I 100% agree with. Uh, I will say that they are doing a hell of a, in the first 14 games, they're doing a hell of a lot better than I had expected. Um, Connor Bedard is starting to kind of look like a bona fide NHLer, which is nice. He's had, uh, aside from this Tampa game recently, um, you know, he had two back to back, two goal games and won his first, obviously, first four game, uh, four game, four goal, four points, fucking God, four point game. Um, if you want to look back at the first, at the, you know, the first 14 games, every game that they've lost, with the exception of the 8 1 blowout by Arizona um, and the, uh, where's the Colorado game? The 4 nothing Colorado game. Um, I've been too looked, close for comfort. Yeah, way too close it, for comfort. It's been well, crazy. Not even, just, not even just too close for, are you saying like too close for comfort? Like, oh, fuck you. Like, there's no like, game. No, yeah, like they're like too close for comfort for the other team. Like, if this team is really 100%. that bad, if Chicago is really that fucking bad, then why are they still in the race in all these games? Yes, they're not winning, but the point is, is they're not too far out. And those, except for right. the exceptions that you talked about, of course. No, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, no, exactly. You're hundred percent right. And the reason why a lot of those games have were decided by, you know, a two goal deficit was it was simply just because it was an empty net goal. Um, but otherwise, if there was no empty net goal, then you only lose by one one goal. And that's not something that you're expecting a rebuilding team like Chicago, um, who has an 18-year-old still wet behind the ears, um, kind of, in lack of a better phrase, a savior. Um, you know, he's he's leading the team with goals at nine. And you're talking about you both like putting a team around him that's been in the NHL for a while. Obviously, anything is any one year is longer than how long Connor Bedard has been playing. But um, he has a gnarly shot. It's great. It looks his his shot looks like he's been in the league for like ten fucking years. I wish he would shoot more. I wish sure. he would pass less. Um, but you're a hundred percent right, and in absolutely everything you said, I will say I I was very skeptical on Kyle Davidson 
and see what he and to see what he was going to do as far as like trying to make this team kind of look like it's going to compete this year. Obviously, probably not. Um, like I told you before the season started, I have absolutely zero expectations for this team going into this year. Um, I I'm just here to watch competitive hockey, and by fucking lord, I have seen some damn competitive hockey this year and it looks great i even had one of my friends who's a uh one of my buddies is a golden knights fan and he was watching the tampa uh, the the last game that we played against tampa uh, lost four to two but he was like fuck dude he goes they they came they look hungry and they came out to play and i said look i'm and, and i'll say this the hawks have an opportunity to absolutely shock everyone but that's not the goal it's not you want to draft high again and you want to kind of fill that fill fill your you know basically have a kids line um the one kind of disappointing factor that i've seen so far this year has been the lack of production from lucas reichel um power play the power huh i'm glad you said that because i have some things to say to close out my part of chicago but continue continue okay But the uh, Lucas Reichel has been kind of a um, I don't know he's been real real depressive to watch not depressive but disappointing been real disappointing to watch um, yeah the the game against Tampa he had a power play goal which is good but that was his first goal of the year um, not exactly the way that you want. You know, it's not exactly what you want for your second year guy. This is really kind of his first year as a as as a NHL player because he kind of he came up late last year. But you know, it's not exactly what you want. Um, however, what you do want is you want motherfucking Corey Perry to start scoring. Oh my lord! I want to say I want to talk about this and then I'll kick it over to you. I want to I want to commend Kyle Davidson and Luke Richardson and the entire Blackhawks coaching staff for letting Corey Perry, who is the league's fucking prick, right? You hate him if he's not on your team. You'll love him if he is on your team. Yep. He has kind of – him and Nick Foligno has taken Connor Bedard and some of the young guys as, like, they have become the the team dads. And it's so fucking cool to watch. How many times that I have watched a video of Corey Perry just after a game or after a practice – or an optional skate or whatever. You're just sitting there for 15 minutes watching Corey Perry just dish passes over to Connor Bedard so Connor Bedard can work on his one-timer. And we'll just sit there and just be like, okay, here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go, and just start just dishing passes over. And it's just so cool to watch how everyone paints um, Corey Perry as this fucking asshole or this locker room cancer or whatever and he's over here being like a dad to Connor Bedard and it's the coolest shit I've ever seen and I absolutely love the fact that that Nick Foligno is also getting in the mix and he's scoring goals and he's setting up chances like I don't know if you watched Corey Perry's goal um, the other night but it was an absolutely disgusting tap in goal that had Tampa's goalie I can't remember who who their goalie was um, and just had him so far out of the out of the out of the the net and out of the zone that it was almost like it was an empty net goal. It was just absolutely fucking gross. But this is what I this is what I'm loving to see right now. And like I said, they have the opportunity to to surprise everyone and and try to make a run. But that's not the goal this year. 
you're still maybe two to maybe three years off from even trying to compete, which is fine. It's totally fine. I think Luke Richardson is the guy. I think he's he's a great head coach. I think Kyle Davidson is a great GM. I mean, given think about where you're coming from, right? You're coming from Scotty Bowman, or I'm sorry, not Scotty Bowman, Stan Bowman as your GM and Joe Quinville as your head coach. And I'll be honest with you, regardless of the you know the scandal that transpired a couple couple summers ago, not even a scandal, just a just a complete lack of regard for for a young player and and to try to cover up a sexual assault like that it was time to move on from them and i'm glad that they oh, the, did in the, the way that they did agreed. but also it was time for a new regime anyway it re- it really was um that championship window closed after getting bounced in the first round by st louis after a shot from brent seabrook went post post out <laughs> Yeah, it was the, it was a game time shot. <laughs> it went post post out. Here, here's here's my here's my opinion. This is what I believe. Um, the more I watch Chicago this year, uh, the quote unquote rebuild that you're going through, which is a real thing, right? I don't even think it's so much besides goaltendership. Besides that, I don't even think this team needs a rebuild. I think they need a retooling of the assets. I think they need to break Retool, old habits. For sure. And they need to just trade if they could get what they have together right now, and they could get a halfway decent starting goalie that is a little bit more consistent. Which I've told you before, I don't really think that your goalie is that is that bad. I just think that he has he's too hot and cold. And if you're playing teams the way it is now, you need someone that's really great, like between the, between the bars, right? Between the posts, he's got to be really really good now, or you're going to get scored on. Unfortunately, that's just how the NHL is now. There's just high-scoring games, right? It's just high-scoring league. It's high-scoring well, everything. Well, here's the thing: like Peter Morazic is still a good goalie, and and I'll I'll be the first one to tell you that I was kind of irritated watching him play most of last year, and then still kind of irritated that they ran ran him back this year with 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 uh, ran it back this year with Morazic, but. The more that I'm watching him, the more it looks like the old Peter Morazic, and I'm and I'm loving the way that he's playing, and he's really keeping the team in games as to why, like the amount of games that that you'll see that the Hawks lose are only by one or two goals. That Peter Morazic is standing on his fucking head to try to save and and to try to try to keep. You know, and I, keep and the I Hawks agree. In it. Yeah, the I problem see, I is, see those is games. Defense. The problem is, it's yeah. Go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's that's what that's what my next point was going to be. You can take the stars that you have and then get them acclimated to lining up together and playing well together. And if you had a solid defensive core, whether it's trading for that or because that, that's look the offenses, I think is a lot easier if you can get them if you can get them gelling together if you can get them going. Like I said, Artemi Panarin did dog shit in the playoffs last year. That doesn't mean he's a bad player. I think the same mm-hmm. thing goes for uh, Chicago and any of the prolific or veteran players. But I think defense is a lot harder to teach. But I don't think it's unteachable, right? Uh, Peter right. Laviolette came through, and he implemented the 1-3-1. So if you get through the first guy, to get through neutral ice, you have to get through three players. And then there's one guy hanging back in case there's a breakaway. That's a very smart defensive line to run with just – Stock, right? That's your stock defensive mm-hmm. like maneuver right there. One, three, one, it works. Cool. I think that if your team was retooled in a better way, and honestly, more pressure was put on the rest of the defense to 
step up and because I I think that the rest like your offense is trying to catch up to Connor Bedard and they're doing it and I'm not mm-hmm. saying that the rest of the team isn't but the same no, but pressure the defense isn't. yeah the but same the pressure put on the offense to to catch up to Connor Bedard has to be put on the defense to defend and let Connor take those breakaways and he's comfortable and get in that position and I not agree. just him but your whole top six your whole top nine right give them the tools to be able to try to win games and then let them know if you get up caught out of position we got your fucking back we got you yeah 100 percent um i think the offense is doing exactly you know i'm just gonna parrot exactly what you said um the offense is doing a good job trying to keep up with connor bedard's speed they're doing a pretty decent job i mean you can you can you can just see it in in every game every time connor bedard steps on the ice it almost like it almost looks like they're playing about two times speed right but the problem is is you have a lot of young guys on defense. And exactly what you said. It's like, you know, it's not hard to teach, just be coachable, right? So one thing that I'm really liking is the fact that, you know, the this year's draft pick that we picked up, Connor Korchinski, or Kevin Korchinski, I got a lot of Connors on my mind today. Um, Connor on my mind. <laughs> Kevin Korchinski is, is really starting to come into his own, and he can match that speed with Bedard because he played with Bedard the team in uh with team canada and the world juniors so he can catch up to bedard the problem is is your wyatt kaisers who take really unnecessary penalties when you don't need to you have players like seth jones with don't get me wrong i'm not exactly too thrilled about his contract by any means necessary i really think that he that we grossly overpaid and over traded for um for seth jones but speed isn't there I wish that they would give his brother Caleb a little bit more of playing time. Um, I, I want to say I can't swear to God, can't remember, and I, I am such a fake fan for this, but I can't remember if if he's injured or if he's in Rockford. But we have a lot of great defensemen in Rockford, like in uh, in Ian Mitchell or Isaac Phillips, um, Caleb Jones. We have a lot of we have a great solid defensive core in rockford that i wish that they would just take a chance on and i understand like you know uh, right now let's put it this way dude the average age for the blackhawks right now is 20. yeah that's a very very young and and it's very very young team but i mean so go in all on that right i agree go all in exactly what i was gonna say well i mean in a sense though what do you have to lose this year obviously like i said you're the goal right now you're not trying to win a championship right now as much as it pains me to say that, but you're not trying to win a championship right now. You're trying to, to build up that confidence of your young team. You're trying to hopefully draft a little bit higher again. I don't think that you'll, that, you know, unless something dramatic happens, you're not going to draft number one overall again, but, um, you know, the, the goal right now is just to build that team up to where you're going to be dangerous again for uh, in your hopes for at least a fucking decade. So why not go all in on a young on a young team, you know, where you have Corey Perry and, and Nick Foligno be the dads to, to the team. But I don't, I don't know, man. I just I feel like they should go. I feel like they should go crazy with the young and just say, fuck it. You know, obviously something's not working with the defense, right? Obviously something's not working. So why not just change it up to see if maybe if it does work? Because you never know. Like a young team like that, it might work. It might. You don't know. Yeah. And I you don't think know it goes until back you try to, 
Yeah, I think it goes back to that thing you always say where it's like offense wins games and defense, defense wins, wins championships. championships. That's that's where you guys are right now. And once you get the defense there, I think you're going to be all right. 100%. 100%. Um, all right, moving on because we could talk about Chicago all day. Um, sure. these, next two, these next two, I want to kind of just do one in the same. Um, we got Minnesota at five, eight and two at 12 points, St. Louis at eight, six and one at 17 points. I really feel like these two teams are very evenly matched, missing a lot of the same things. Um, but I just want your take on, on, on both of them. Yeah, I I got it honestly. And it's funny that you say that because when you get to the middle of the central, to me, it's like you have the bottom of the central where you see where the flaws are. You have the top of the central where you can see why they're at the top and then you have the middle of the central where it's very gray and any four of these teams except for maybe winnipeg could be interchangeable so for minnesota and st louis i think that what it really comes down to is it, it's a, it's one of those hot and cold things right again with the Kaprizov, Zuccarello, we've talked about it a million times. I'm not going to talk about it again right now they're just two <laughs> pol- prolific players they put them on the power play they put them on chances to score i think minnesota is very underrated what i the only thing that i think is wrong with minnesota specifically is that you have a lot of really great players that go hot and cold okay sure i think yeah, very streaky. I, st louis does the same thing st louis is has some you know they got bushnevich you know i love me some bushnevich but it's the same thing they'll go a game well they'll blow a motherfucker out 6-0 and then they'll struggle to stay in the next game right and not much has mm-hmm. changed except for the day right um mm-hmm. and, and like i said mo- again because i feel like these all kind of gel a little bit in the same i think the only variable are the the two above which is arizona and winnipeg arizona is a naturally or has been for a while a bad team that i think has just said enough is enough we're tired of being shitty and they're playing with heart they're playing like how florida was playing where it's like we're the underdogs and we just have to go out there and prove it they're not going to be an easy win all the time anymore like they used to be i mean they were kind of in the same bracket as san jose or chicago where it was like oh cool we get our fucking easy two points right yeah the guaranteed two points it's it's not that way with Arizona. And again, Winnipeg is just one of those teams that if you underestimate them, they're going to literally they're going to make you suffer. Okay. I think they're the second best Canadian team right now. And not just in the standings, I think period. I think Winnipeg is is plays a very good defensive game, and that's why they're where they are. So those four teams could be interchangeable at any at any given point in the central I'm gonna, and it wouldn't be surprising, in my opinion. I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna disagree with you. Um, the only team that is very surprising to me is fucking Arizona, dude. Um, you know, we're talking about a team that. Let me preface real quick. I agree that it's surprising, but from what I've seen this season, any four of those teams could be interchangeable, but don't get me wrong. It's absolutely in fucking insane to go from last year to this year. I'm not saying that it's not, but yeah. I mean, right now, current standings and the way the teams are and how they play, I think any four of those teams could flip-flop, and you wouldn't say, oh, I'm surprised about that. Okay, yeah, all right, I'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, my only thing is, like, I really, really expected, um, really expected Arizona to be the bottom of the Central for a while. Um, you know, like Chicago, they're, they're doing a lot of retooling and doing a lot of, uh, um, you know, just trying to, 
trying to be competitive. And that's, that's pretty much like what I saw Arizona doing. And they're shocking sure. a lot of people sure. right now. Absolutely. I mean, they're sitting, they're sitting fourth in, in the fourth in the central and with, with 18 points and, and the blew out Chicago eight to one earlier in the season. And, you know, I'm not saying that Chicago, like, you know, like what we talked about was like, you know, Chicago is like a powerhouse or anything right now, but still to, to be bottom of the barrel last year, and then to blow a team out, and and you know it goes back to what I said, you know the uh, last week where it's like interdiv- interdivisional games will go either way every single time, and it's you know kind of it's just funny to see Arizona really kind of stepping into their own, and and I'm kind of enjoying watching Arizona hockey, and it mainly because they wear so the Cortina jerseys yeah. more than I anything hear- else. Here's my thing. One side note, I think Arizona has an awesome logo. Either it's the little yote head or just the, yep. you know, like the coyote guy. I think that's a fucking See, sweet I logo. I could go without the yote head, but the fucking Kachina. Ooh, yeah. that's got very that's got me in a fucking chokehold. And I think I think they have a very good colorway too. I think it works. I think they look really like good the in their, like their home red. Yeah, it's like very the, nice. I like the scarlet red or the black and purple. But uh Arizona is exactly my point with Chicago. Chicago could at any moment do what Arizona is doing because sure. they want to talk technically. They got more depth, and that's funny to say that Chicago has the depth. But when you want to compare them to Arizona, absolutely has the depth. And here's my thing about that. If Arizona finishes fourth in the Central this year, that's a win for them. They are playing with house money mm-hmm. right now. They feel mm-hmm. good, and it reflects in what they play. And honestly, they play – like you said, hockey's never been more fast. fun to watch. And they now, play fast, they yeah. play hungry. It's just fun, fun to watch. It's fun and hockey, for sure. Hockey has like this year, dude. Hockey has gotten fucking amazing to watch. It's disgusting think, from last year I to think this a lot year. Of it has to do crazy. with them, like, yeah, hundred percent. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with them, kind of like trying, like, like opening it up a little bit more and throwing a lot of games on more streaming services and. And just making it a little bit more interactive for the fan base. I'm really liking the way that the NHL is kind of like opening everything up. Uh, the only downside is is the whole um, Pride Night and um, the stance that they took against the Pride Tape and all that shit. I don't agree with. I I kind of like really was hating the NHL for a while when when they did that because they're mm-hmm. they're basically um, look. I'm not going to get into this and to get into a whole you know liberalistic rant or anything like that but that was real fucking shitty for them to to take it out on the players who want to support different causes just because a couple of them spoke out about religious purposes fuck your religion it doesn't fucking matter yeah, um, and, and i know that we don't want to get used like you're saying is we don't want to get too far into that and i agree with you but i don't agree with you because fuck that if if you don't like this opinion honestly this isn't the podcast for you if you're going to go all in on military night or uh appreciation night for that which is your right to do i have i have family who have served i have family who are police officers in new york in new york i'm a new york fan i get it but here's my thing your views and virtues are not more important than somebody else's if somebody believes that love is love which i do if someone believes that it's not your right to say anything and to if you want to outlaw that if you want to abolish that that's fine if that's the rule, but do it for everything. I don't want to see a military appreciation. I don't want to see here. Look, yep. right. If we can't do that, no hockey fights cancer. Oh my God. Exactly. Like, that's imagine, imagine saying, argument. yeah. Imagine saying yeah. I can't do hockey fights cancer, which is a great cause. What, you know what else is also a cause saying that everyone here is invited. Everyone here is welcome. And that you're allowed to watch this sport. Cause that's what the sport is all inclusive. If you, you don't agree with that, this is not say, the podcast for you. 
you can't fucking sit there and say that hockey is for everyone and turn around and start banning the shit that makes it for everyone. You can't fucking say that. You can't say let the kids play and you're not letting fucking kids play. Point. You can't. Blank, it's so period. fucking hypocritical. It's it's just, it's poor fucking form. But you can't hockey is for everyone. sit there. Hockey is 100% for everyone. It doesn't matter if you're straight, gay, non-binary, trans. It doesn't fucking matter. You lace them up, you're fucking, you're, you're in it. You're in the shit now, mustache. But yeah, it's, you, you wear a jersey, you wear a sweater, you're part of this organization, you should feel welcome, you should feel safe. And like I said, 100%. if you want to abolish the, the, the Pride Night stuff... Everything's uh, got to go. Everything's got to go. That's all I have to say about that. Yep. I agree. Anyway, um, sorry for that rant, but I had to get that out. Um, I'm not. Yeah, you know what? I'm not fucking sorry either. <laughs> Hashtag not, sorry, not sorry. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Um, okay, let's move on. We have Colorado Net. Did we talk about Winnipeg already? I feel like we Yeah, Yeah, I, I, I think I hit Winnipeg on the head. They're a very good team. Defense is great. And like I said, but... Uh, uh, just to close it out one last time, the four central teams, which are Minnesota, St. Louis, Arizona, and Winnipeg, could all be interchangeable because of the, the style of hockey that they all play. They can move up and down the standings, and any one of those teams could, could catch that third spot, and any one of those teams can go all the way down to just above Chicago. And again, in my personal opinion, with the way the central has been playing this year, specifically this season, it would not be surprising to anyone. Nope. Um Let's talk about the absolute powerhouses and the absolute fucking workhorses that are Colorado Avalanche. Um, I, this is I think a, that this is I think team. that this is a this is a this is a me start because I think you're going to have more to say. I have really only one thing to say. Oh personally. yeah, go for it. You want to start it? Yeah, that's fine. You're, you're going to break down these. I know you're going to break down the fucking powerhouse players that they have because they have some star power. They have some um, amazing, amazing players on on Colorado. Here's where you went wrong. You won a Stanley Cup. You got rid of the goalie that got you there. You picked mm-hmm. up a second string goalie, which is Igor, which is uh, not Igor Shesterkin. I wish you wish you picked up Igor Shesterkin. You'd be fucking <laughs> winning back to back to back cups. But you picked up <laughs> Alexander Georgiev. Okay, again, I've said this a million fucking times. He's a good goalie with two O's, not three. Good goalie. The problem that Alexander Georgiev has is that he is so hot and cold. He needs time to play to warm up to be good. If there's any time off, if there's any delay in the game, and if he's faced too many shots or he lets one of those easy ones through, he's just like Leonard was in Vegas, right? He lets mm-hmm. that first one through and he gets in his fucking head and the night pretty much goes to shit. The reason why Colorado is second in the Central is because of the sheer talent and star power they have offensively and defensively. They're not bad. It's the goaltender. The goaltendership here. If they had an Igor Shosturkin, if they had a healthy Vasilevsky, if they had a Sorokin, if they had you know someone who could step between the bars and just be there and be solid consistently, Colorado would be the best team in the league until everyone's fucking contact- contracts expired and they couldn't afford to keep them anymore. Yep. Was that all? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> um. Look, I, I honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how or, or what else that I could possibly add to to, to what you said. Um, Colorado's a team that is always going to be a threat. It doesn't matter if they're in the Central, the Pacific, the Metro. They're always going to be a threat. They're one of those teams that's kind of like a chameleon, right? Where they'll form to just about everything. And 
they're 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 a team that's got a nice mix of young and old, but that young is real fucking good. That old still real fucking good. And when I say old, I mean like the Nathan McKinnons, the Landeskogs, the Arturi Lekkinen, um, and then you have like you know your the the. I'm real fucking mad about about them getting rid of the fuck. Who is their goalie when they won? God damn it, I can't remember. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, spacing on it too, bro. That's I'm why I said their goalie. <laughs> All right, fine. Leave me out to dry. That's cool. Um, you know, I'm real mad that they got rid of they got rid of him. Um, it's just an absolute fucking workhorse of a goalie. Um, but I'll be honest with you. It almost kind of feels like every time I watch Colorado, it feels like that they. It, it feels like they were. They are the Edmonton of a couple of years ago. You know what I mean? Where every time they stepped on the ice, it was almost mm-hmm. like they. They. It, it's almost like they will never lose another fucking game. Here, I'll and put that's it this what way. It feels like, yeah. yeah, I'll put it out this way. Colorado is one of those few teams, right? That has nothing to do with my team. It's not my division. It doesn't have besides Georgia. Because look. I know it sounds like I'm a Georgiev hater. I'm not. I want him to succeed. I was actually very happy for him when he got the chance to be a starter in Colorado. I really, I really hope that he continues to progress his career and does whatever he decides to do. I love the guy. He played for New York. And again, everybody who leaves New York, I hope that if, the, if besides Tony D'Angelo, who's a fucking jerk off, anyone who <laughs> leaves New York, I hope that you have a good, successful career. And I will see you when we play or when you're on. But Colorado is one of those teams that I have no skin in the game and nothing to do with. But whenever they play, Whoever they're playing, it's one of those games. You're like, I got to watch this because I got to see how blank stacks up against Colorado. Colorado, to me, is like a team gauger, right? How yeah, well can they, you play against good, Colorado? That's a good fucking point. Yeah. How well do you play against Colorado determines where your team is at in the season right now. If you can do well, well, okay, damn, this is a team to look out for. If you're doing bad, it's like, okay, Colorado's on that bullshit. I got to be careful when I see them. It, again, they're a team gauger for me. I love to watch them play against any team because it lets me know where that team is. It catches me up real quick without having to do fucking tremendous research, right? If you're doing good against Colorado, you're doing something right. Hundred percent. You know what? That's a that is a solid. Um, that's a that's a that's a that's a solid thing to fucking say. That's they are one hundred percent a good gauge as to see where your team is and and what needs to what would need to be fixed or or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, if you play lights out against Colorado, you know that you're on a good path. You play you play like shit, and it's like okay, let's you know kind of narrow it down and see what we're missing, what we need, what we don't need. Exactly. Um, it's one no, of those that's losses. A, that's a great it, point. It's one of those losses where it doesn't hit as hard. It's like you know, if you were playing like Boston or something, you're like, for, unless you're a Rangers fan, that sucks. But if you're playing a, a high caliber team that's at the top, you're like, it makes sense that we lost. Or defense and offense are so good on Colorado that it lets you see what parts of your team can be exposed. And and like I said, mm-hmm. any time of the season because Colorado usually stays fucking pretty hot, right? At least yeah. for the last couple seasons, so it lets you it lets you gauge wherever that team is at that particular time in the season, and I I, I always use it that way. I've always have. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, uh, let's move on to Dallas because we're running kind of long here. Um, I could talk about the Central all fucking day. As um, as could I. As could I. I told you, yeah, I got skin. I got a little bit of skin in the game because there's a lot of teams in the Central that I like. Again, it's St. Sure. Louis, Minnesota. I, I I follow Colorado, Chicago. You know, I'm fucking. I follow them. Arizona. I love. I love Arizona. And I love what they're doing this year. But I got a lot of skin in the game, Central. So I could talk about Central just as long as I talk about the Metro. 
that's fair. That's that's a solid point. Um, honestly, I feel the kind of same about the Metro, just because of I mean this show and you. Um, I find myself watching more of the Metro just to see where New York stands out. Um, the one thing that I'm going to say about Dallas is that they, you know, they're pretty much neck and neck with Colorado, right? The only thing that separates them is three points, right? Um, this is a very, very streaky team because if you look at their last, you know, fucking 14, 15 games, um, you know, it's four wins in a row, then two losses, then three wins in a row, then one loss, then three wins in a row, then one loss, and then start off the season by by winning against St. Louis. This is a very streaky team. Now, this is this could go either one of two ways. This could be you're going to be streaky all year. You're going to win the President's Trophy. You're going to sweep through the playoffs, and you're going to fucking – you're going to bring – you're going to bring the cut back to Dallas or you're going to fizzle out. It's going to be like Tampa versus Columbus a couple years ago where you're going to clinch a spot in the playoffs and four months out from the season actually ending, you're going to skate to the end and then you're going to get absolutely fucking molly by a team that has been grinding and gritty till the fucking end. Um, there's not a lot that could be changed for um, for Dallas as far as making them even more of a dynamite team. I would say maybe, you know, one or two spots on the defense that could possibly, um, you know, not, not, not necessarily revamp, but maybe, you know, is lacking more of speed. I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't really watched a Dallas game this year. Um, I find it hard to kind of watch a lot of the Central games just because I, I grew up conditioned to hate the Central. So, um, that's my take on Dallas. I don't know yeah. if you have really much yeah. to say. I do, um, for sure. <laughs> but, but you do? <laughs> uh, I told you. No, my second favorite division is the Central because I like a lot of the teams. Again, Dallas is up there for me. My wife loves Dallas. She loves Robertson. She thinks that oh, he's uh, in- incredible, which he is, and he can be. So, here's the, here's the thing for Dallas, right? They, they're not a team gauger like Colorado is. They're a team that when they get going, they're very hard to stop. They're they're one of the teams that when you play Dallas, if you don't win dominantly, it's going to be a fucking grinder. It is a grinder. Right. They will play till the whistle. I've seen it happen many a times. The Rangers tied it up with like less than a second left when we played them last year, and it was literally balls to the wall, a thrill every time you see Dallas play. Now, here's my thing about Dallas now, right? Postseason and in the playoffs – that's where they have the biggest struggles, and I think that's where um, I think that's where Colorado is is a dominant team, right? Because they can switch off where where they're going to be in the regular season, and then turn on that postseason. Like, okay, mm-hmm. it's time. We always talk about it. Everyone talks about it on every outlet, right? It's like, okay, post regular season's over now. Now it's playoff hockey. Colorado goes, okay, regular season's over. It doesn't matter how dominant we were. Now let's get to playoff hockey. Dallas has a big problem with that. But I will say, regardless of what team you are a fan of, no matter what sweater you wear, whether it is a Rangers or a Chicago team or any of the teams that we talk about, again, this this, this guess what? This podcast is for everyone. Podcast is for everyone. We don't <laughs> this podcast yeah, is for everyone. Yeah, we don't exclude anybody here. But here's the thing if you want to watch a fucking serious game of hockey, the stars and Colorado play tonight. And I think about tonight. five o'clock five o'clock our time. That is going to be an insane game. If you if you want to see two teams at the top battling for who should be the top of the central, this is the perfect time. And I'm happy that we're doing this today because 
that's a perfect segue into what this division is, is the two mm-hmm. best teams going at it to see who realistically is the best. And it's going to be a division rivalry game. Colorado's going to bring their A game. And I'm going to assume that Dallas is going to fire on all cylinders. I think, again, and this might be to the detriment of Colorado, it's going to come down to a battle of goaltenders. Because the shots on goal, I think, are going to be very high tonight. And I think it's going to be a very, very, very dangerous game. you got to believe that Ottinger is going to start tonight for Dallas, right? And you got to believe that Georgiev is going to start for Colorado because they're going to play this shit like it's a playoff game, in my oh, opinion. Yeah, for sure. It's going to have playoff atmosphere. This is definitely one that um, it gets the worst hockey podcast um, seal of approval and recommendation for watch. Sure. Um for for fucking sure this is definitely a game to watch um if you like good old rivalry matches and the possibility of a good gauge to see where each team is sitting 15 to 16 games into the season so this is definitely one that 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 we wholeheartedly recommend that everyone watch that's all we have for today again as always me and nick are having a good time just making these episodes sidebar new jersey just lost to the rangers you love to see it. And actually, tonight, the Rangers play uh, Dallas Stars. So that should be a fucking wild-ass game. Uh, I'm pretty excited for that. And, yeah, we're just going to keep pumping out these episodes. Y'all just keep listening to them. We appreciate it. We got, Like I said, we got a couple new shows coming here and there within the next week or two. Uh, we're just working out the kinks. So we're just, uh, you know, having a good time. So just remember, it's not over till it's over. No quit. Any gore we trust. And thank the Lord for CB98.